Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. Hudson Cooper is proof positive that career reinvention can be a long, lifelong enterprise, past our 50s and continuing well into our so-called retirement years. Hudson initially thought he would have a career in medicine and then law, but fortuitous events led him to a stint writing sports books for young adults and doing stand-up comedy, and that in turn led to an acting career, which landed him roles in numerous movies and TV shows like Law and Order, Madam Secretary, and Bull. In today's episode, Hudson recounts the latest twist in his career, first as a writer of a wry and incisive newspaper column, Random Thoughts, for an upstate New York newspaper, and most recently, the host of a unique radio show, Showbuzz, which recounts his behind-the-scenes experiences and stories with Hollywood celebrities and insiders. Hudson will share his own story of how the show is created and how he puts together refreshing and candid interviews each week with a wide-ranging roster of writers, directors, and actors from across his career. Through it all, Hudson offers us lessons in persistence, resilience, humility, and risk-taking, and the readiness to leap when life's unexpected opportunities arise. So now, folks, it's time for me to introduce you to Hudson Cooper, who is one of my oldest friends, who is always coming up with something new. Hudson, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Ron. Glad to have you. Nice introduction. Thank you. So, well, you know, so, yeah, so I'm going to, first of all, for the benefit of our listeners, um, I want to mention that this is our second show uh, that you, they can uh, listen to the, uh, the first show in July 26, 2021, which was shortly after you started your Random Thoughts column. Um, and you can absolutely, you know, listen, yeah, you that can was listen during to the pandemic. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, so th- you can listen to a, a lot of a uh, recap of Hudson's and my uh, uh, collective experiences uh, uh, and his early career on that uh, um, uh, podcast. And I'll give you the, the reference for that later in the show. But uh, to give a brief recap, because I want to spend most of our show talking about show buzz. Uh, so Hudson and I met as editors of our high school paper. Uh, where I was editor-in-chief, and he was one of my top editors. And I would say sort of my spiritual guide. Uh, We went different ways uh, after that, but we met up uh, occasionally through uh, either planned or random occasions. And uh, we had one little um, uh, uh, sign that we would do to each other. We would actually... Yeah, he was living in Hudson was living in in Manhattan, uh, and we would meet at Bryant Park, which is next to the New York Public Library by the Bocce Court. And as we, you know, confirmed each rendezvous, we we joked and we we turned to each other almost like secret agents at same time, same place, the Bocce Court. Agent Cooper, that was my sign off to him. So, anyway, if anybody had been watching us at that time, they would have thought we were passing secrets out to each other. <laughs> Right, right. And we were, just not top secrets, that's all. Um, right, but, exactly. But, yeah, so, um, so Hudson, we will talk a lot bit about showbiz, but just as sort of a prequel to that, I did want to, you know, do a recap a little bit of, of your, your acting career, because I think how you started that is, is, a, is an interesting story in itself. It's sort of 
accidentally through the business, through stand-up comedy, and from there, from stand-up comedy to Godzilla. So just give us a quick right, recap. I, I had a sketch comedy group called uh, called Kick Booty. Right. Performed all over the city, and our main spot was Stand Up New York. And on a Friday night show, we used to sell out the Friday night sh- early show, which was amazing. It would start at six thirty and end at eight thirty, and we 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 sold out more than the latter comics coming in. And after the show, a woman came up to me and said, "How'd you like to be in the movie Godzilla?" I said, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "I'm doing the background casting for Godzilla, and I could use you in this movie with Matthew Broderick." It's you know, we need you to start on Monday, and if you work three days under what's called a Taft-Hartley law, you could get in the Screen Actors Guild and become an actor. I said okay. So on Monday, I meet the bus taking the actors to the military compound scene in New Jersey, and everybody else had been working for a week, and everybody else was seasoned background and principal actors. I was brand new, and uh, they let us off, and it's, it's like. Six o'clock in the morning, in a big tent, 300 people milling around, and I wait online. They give me a piece of paper, and I said to the guy next to you, "What is this?" He goes, "That's a voucher. You have to fill that out so you can get paid." I said, "Okay." So I'm filling it out. I go, "Hey, what's the basic wage?" And he said, "92." So I'm thinking it's a movie. I write 92 per hour. So. They bring me to wardrobe. I've, everybody else had been fitted by the wardrobe department weeks earlier, so they, they gave me what was left, which was a military marine outfit with the pants were too big, the shirt was too big, the belt was uh, too big, so it didn't even tighten the pants. And uh, they brought us to set, and the director uh, makes an announcement that this is the scene where we're going to get ready to fight Godzilla when he lands in the South Street Seaport in Manhattan. Right. I have cameras all over the place and helicopters on the ground. You must always act and keep going like this was real. So they bring me and two others to a, like a runway gangplank between the tents. And on action, they tell me, grab your rifle and run as fast as you can across the set. So on action, I start running. And I got about halfway down, and my pants, which were too big, starts falling around, around, falling down around my knees. And I feel like uh, Lou Costello and Buck Privates come home. Right. And I duck behind a wooden ammunition box, and I start picking my pants up, thinking, oh, God, there are cameras all over the place. Someone has this on film. Anyway, I survived that. They said, that's a wrap. Everybody started running. I started running, too. We go back to the tent, and we go to sign out. And um, the, the production assistant was a guy named Eric Yellen, who became uh, uh, assistant director eventually and unfortunately passed away about a year ago. And I give, hand him my voucher. He goes, what is this? I said, I don't know, something about Taft-Hartley. I got paid a union. He goes, I know about the Taft-Hartley, but what is this? I look, I look over and go, oh, this morning I asked the guy what the basic wage was, and he said 92. And he said, that's per hour. And I've been chasing, I was chasing that ever since as an actor. And that was my first time ever on film. Wow. And from that, um, I got my Screen Actors Guild card. I worked 31 days on Godzilla. Uh, and my big break came about six months later on a Sunday night. I get a phone call from, again, a background casting agent. Because until you, until you have a speaking part, you don't his background. You get paid a lesser rate, a wage without mm-hmm. any residuals. And the guy called me up and goes, are you available tomorrow? I said, for what? He goes, there's a new show called Law and Order Criminal Intent. 
I know it's late, but somebody just backed out. I need somebody else to portray a detective. So I got the information. I took the part. I went down. I filmed. We were filming at uh, the old New York Post building on the on the East River, mm-hmm. and that was the first day of principal photography. Not only did I land a recurring part on it, I did background for four seasons, and then I be- became a principal, which means a speaking part as Detective Rosemont. Eventually, they changed my name when new producers took over to Detective Jeffries, and I worked every single episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent. The only person who can say that. Even, even the stars of Vincent D'Onofrio and Kate Irby took years off. Mm. I worked every single episode, and that's how I got in the business. Wow, that's great. And uh, so then you, you went on, and you were in Law and Order. Uh, I, mean, it's Madam I did Secretary. Law and Order trial by jury. Um, mm. That w- I actually happened to be, I did like three or four episodes of that, uh, and I was on Jerry Orbach's last show before he passed away. Mm. I did five seasons of Madam Secretary, uh, and when that wrapped, I went on to Bull. Um, and I've been in a bunch of different movies, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, uh, mm-hmm. Godzilla, as I said. Um, did, uh, it was it's, it's a lot of fun to be around creative people, and that re- that really excited me. And, and part of me is a, is a creative person, so right. I, I right. grew with that. Right. And you can watch, I did a, uh, during the pandemic, uh, when I, I was up at my mother's house in upstate New York, the library, um, when it's not a pandemic, has guest speakers and they packs the room. But they invited mm-hmm. me to do a, 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 a broadcast from there that would be on YouTube. And if you could watch anything you want to know about my c- career, just uh, type in Hudson Cooper on YouTube.com. And you'll, it's a 40-minute uh lecture that I give about what I've done in the business, including pictures of me on some of the programs. Right, right. And you have an actor reel, too, right, on YouTube? Yeah, that's the reel I'm talking about. You, oh, it is? You, okay. You just, yeah, just Google Hudson Cooper YouTube, and you'll, you'll see the actor reel. You'll find it. Okay, great. I believe it's great. called My Life as an Actor. Good, good. Okay, terrific, terrific. Okay. So, um... So we'll we'll transition to talking about Showbuzz, but in, but in order to do that, we need to kind of you know there's a story behind that too. So uh, that yes. actually goes with uh, you you started working on your column. So tell us how again that's right. an interesting story about how was, things happen. Um, I moved. My mother was ill, so I moved up to New York to be up upstate New York to be with her. And I wondered what I was going to do. And I always was a writer. I wrote books back in the 80s, basically sports, health, and fitness. I had 14 books published, everything from Hulkamania to G.I. Joe to Secrets of the Super Athletes, baseball and football. So um, I, I wrote two or three spec columns about various subjects. And I called a friend of mine who um, is connected up here. I said, who could I contact uh, to see if I could get these columns published. And he suggested I call the Sullivan County Democrat, which has been owned by the same family for over 100 years. Hmm. Um, and I called up, I made an appointment. I went over to their office in Calicoon, New York, which is about half an hour from where I'm living in Monticello. And I met with um, the publisher not in his office because of the COVID. We both had masks on. We sat on a wooden uh, chairs outside the office near the sidewalk. And we were talking a little bit. He said, well, 
I understand you have some columns that you'd like us to look at. Uh, you're an, uh, I told him a little bit about my background. He was interested in that. He actually uh, knew my father because my father not only had been a business department chairman at the high school, but also taught at the local college business. And the, the, he was the, the publisher of the newspaper was on the board of the college and knew my dad. Wow. So he said, all right, we'll be in touch with you. So I went home. Weeks go by. I don't hear anything. I said, well, I guess they're not going to use me. And I'm reading the paper, the Sullivan County Democrat on a Friday, and I see that the columnist that had been there for 10 years announced that this was going to be his last column hmm. uh, because he did one that was kind of political and he was tired of going out to dinner with his wife and having people come up to him and talk politics. So he, hmm. he was retiring. I put the paper down. The phone rings uh, on that Friday, and it's... Fred Stabbett, the publisher, saying, can you come meet us on, come see us on Monday? I said, absolutely. So I drive to Calicoon. Um, again, we're sitting outside. He goes, my editor's coming down. And an editor named Joe Abraham, who was the editor at the time, young guy, very bright and outgoing, comes down. First thing he says is, we love your columns. And Fred goes, we'd like to make you a new columnist for us. I said, wow. that's fantastic. I said, well, you have, you have the first three, so what am I going to do? I'll do like a, one a month? He goes, no, no, no. Every Friday, you, we're going to have a column. you have a name for your column? I said, I was thinking of calling it Random Thoughts, because it's going to be whatever I want to write about at the time. He said, we love the name, and uh, that's how I started. In July of this year, it'll be four years I've been doing it every Friday. Right. I have over 200 columns in, in my storage zip file, mm -hmm. and um, that's what got me going up here. It got my name spread around the county. It was fun when people heard my name, whether I was out to dinner or, or going to the movies or having a cocktail, and somebody heard the name Hudson Cooper. A lot of people came up to me and said, we love your column. And wow. it was very, very wonderful for me to hear that, and I became uh, known in the county. Right. So, folks, you can actually, if you go to my website, roelresources.com, um, and you click on my blog, uh, you can see a sampling of three of Hudson's Random Thoughts columns, just to give you a little taste of what he's done. He's, as he said, he's got over 200 of them. We'll have to figure out a way for people can look at this, and, and uh, maybe I'll work with Hudson and see if we can put this together as a, as a, as a book of, of Random Thoughts. So That would be great. Uh, Ron, did you include the one about Wordle? I did. Wordle. You want to hear, uh, something, want to hear something funny? Last, sure. Uh, last night on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Wordle is part of the subplot of the comedy show. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's... His, friends, his friends give him the answer before he wakes up. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, great. Curb Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's that's... Great, yeah. So, so you get a little taste of that. You can, and we'll find out a way to to put them all together so you can see all of them. They're they're terrific. I've been reading them. He's, uh, Hudson, I don't, I'm not up in Sullivan County, but Hudson sends them to me from time to time. It's terrific stuff. Um, very incisive, very witty, clever. So I I love them. So um, so that now so the story continues though because now it was, uh, and this to me I thought I I find really fascinating that that. And and this is what life's about, you know. It, one thing to another, you you don't you you can you can't plan it really, but you can be prepared to take advantage of it. So tell us now what happened with trick. Red. 
Yeah, random thoughts then leads to show buzz, but not in a direct way. But no, it in gets a very there. indirect way. It's a great. It's a great story. My feeling about life is, you, you, if you want things to happen, you have to be proactive. A lot of people sit back and wait for an opportunity. I like to create the opportunities. Right. So, um. My column became very popular. My my friend Tony, who had, who had suggested I contact the Sullivan County Democrat in the first place, said, um, I want to put you together with a gentleman named Paul Silberto, who has the morning radio show on the big radio network up here Monday through Friday from 7 till 9. I said, okay. So uh, he set up a lunch between Paul and myself. We went to a restaurant up here called Yanni's, which is a wonderful place if you're ever in Monticello in Sullivan County. And we're sitting down and we're talking, and Paul says, I really like your column. Um, what I'd like you to do is every Thursday at about 8.10, you can call into the radio station, and I'll give you 10 minutes so you could pitch your column that's going to be in the paper the next day. So I, I did that for about, um, I'd say, three and a half, four months. And Paul said to me, listen, you know, I occasionally have co-hosts. I'd like to have you booked for the third Friday of every month as a co-host. So I would be in the station uh, with him and with other guests that were there for the day. And I would do the news and I would uh, talk back and forth and I would interject thoughts. And it was a lot of fun. And it got me involved in the, radio, the actual radio studio and that yeah. business. Yeah, so Hudson, and, hold, um, hold, hold, hold that thought for a second. Now, as you know, when you're being in the business, uh, I need to take a short break myself here. Uh, but hold that thought. Uh, we'll jump right back in. But, but we're going to take a quick break. Uh, so don't go away, folks. There's so much more to come with Hudson Cooper. So don't go anywhere. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Hudson Cooper about his constantly renewing career as an actor, writer, now a, a newspaper columnist, radio show host of the show Showbuzz. And before the break, we were talking, we had, uh, were working on his timeline, and it's an interesting transition from um, from piece to piece. Uh, so before the break, we were just talking about how he got from um, his column, Random Thoughts, which he is still doing, to uh, launch his uh, radio show, Showbuzz. So you had just started doing some radio pieces as a result of your column. So let's pick it up there, Hudson. Yeah, I, um, I, like I said, I was invited to be, call in every Thursday morning. They gave me 10 minutes to talk about my column and to chat about what they had been talking about on the radio before I got on the air. Uh, and that led to Paul eventually saying, you know, I'd like you to be a co-host the third Friday of every month, which I've been doing for over a year. And that's a lot of fun. I get up before the sun comes up and I get there around 7 o'clock in the morning and I'm at the studio uh, till 9. I do the weather report. I do interject my thoughts about the different people who are calling in for the show that, that Friday morning, and generally having a good time. Uh, so then about, now it's got to be about four months ago, I'm, I guess right around uh, before Thanksgiving, I had breakfast with Paul. I said, listen, i got to talk to you about something. He goes, what's that? I said, I have an idea for a show. He says, what kind of show? I said, well... When I think back and when I did the talk at the library that's on YouTube, I've had a pretty interesting interaction with a lot of famous people, a lot of actors, and a lot of people that work on TV shows and movies. I want to do a show that gets these people to talk about what's called war stories. Everybody's got a, a story about something unique and strange that, that has happened while they were working in TV or film. And I'd like to do a show about that. Well, he leaned back and he said, I can't tell you why, but your timing is perfect. And I looked at him and said, really? He goes, it sounds interesting, but I, don't, I can't talk about it yet. I'll let you know when. So I continued to, to do the Thursday morning call, every Thursday morning call in, and I did the co-hosting. And eventually he called me into this radio station. He sat down and he goes, uh, radio, the Radio Bowls, who owns a bunch of radio stations, is acquiring other stations, and we're looking for content. And you, you offer something very unique. We want you to have your own show, an hour-long show, every Saturday morning at 10 a.m., where you will interview and talk to the people that you mentioned you have contact with. And that's how I started. I started about five weeks ago, and it airs every Saturday morning, Locally on uh, Catskill Radio's new talk, Catskill Radio News Talk, ninety-four point nine and ninety-two point five. But if anyone wants to listen to it anywhere in the country, in this day and age, you just go to the App Store. You find Radio Bold app. You download that, and the five or six radio stations that they own pop up. Look for the icon that says Catskill's News Talk Radio. Click on that. 
And at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, you click the low left-hand corner and you can hear my show. It's all pre-taped, and I've had a blast because unlike other interviewers, it's more like, Ron, like what you and I have, which is a relationship on top of doing the piece. So it's more like a conversation that I have with people, and I've had some fascinating guests. I put out a Blitzkrieg email to... I have to say, everybody I ever met in the business, telling them what mm. my show is going to be about and if there are interests. And I had flooded with people saying, we'd love to do your show. And that really meant a lot to me because, I, you know, on set, I was always outgoing. I always made a point to meet a lot of different people and not just stay insulated by myself playing uh, games on my, my phone. Right. And um, that's how show buzz evolved. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I like it a lot, Hudson. I've listened to a, a few of them on Saturdays. Uh eventually uh, we'll have to get you on a podcast so people can listen to it anytime. But uh yeah, we'll, that's we'll repeat, the next step. Right. We'll we'll but we'll we'll repeat the, the uh information at the end of the show too, so people can remember how to get Good. to the app because uh, we have uh, people from all over the country listening to my podcast. So um what I what I love about it, uh, Hudson, is uh there there are a few things. One is that you know, it's a little like um, uh, listening to an interview. You know, of, of uh, you know, these folks on uh, on a you know uh, on a, a late night show, but it's more interesting because you're involved in it, and it's not just uh, someone interviewing you about what you did or about your latest book or your latest project. Uh, but you're engaged with these folks, and uh, you know, so there's an exchange of stories, and it's a very it's a very conversational. It's very, and you can tell that these people. Uh, trust you, you know, you're your friends, you've been with them for years, and that's why they respond to you, you know, and it's a little and, bit interesting. It makes it, Go ahead. It, it would make, that's, that's what makes it so comfortable for both of us, is that when they talk about something, I have no problem interjecting something relating to, related to it that we, that we did together, and it makes it just better and more interesting for me and my guests. Right, right. And to me, it's a little bit like, um, uh, you know, my analogy is sort of like, uh, it's sort of like listening to, um, um, you know, uh, or, or watching Downton Abbey or Upstairs, Downstairs, is that you're getting behind the scenes. So you have some major actors and producers, but you're also getting, you know, behind the scenes with uh, people who are lesser known. And you get a real sense of what's happening in the business and, and lots of stories that are not heard, you know, above above level. Um, so it's... Right, it I is, mean, the, 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 you know, uh, there are a lot of big name actors and directors that are on the show, but I also cover all departments, wardrobe, teamsters, catering, special effects, props, so that you get a full picture of what goes into making a TV show or a movie. Right, right. Now it's so. To give us a little bit of sense of. So you mentioned that you you send out an email blast to everyone. Um, what does it take to put together a show? Because I don't think people really they sort of just assume it happens. But uh, it takes a good bit of work to you know to, to put each show together. It takes a lot of work. First of all, when I started, I we I had to have time at the actual radio station where Paul worked the soundboard so that I just had to worry about doing the interviews and he was doing the mechanics. But with the problem with that is when this, when it got very busy and when the strikes were over and everybody was back at work, I couldn't call up 
say, Eric Stoltz, and say, are you available tomorrow at 1 o'clock? So I, I went out and bought my own equipment that I could record from my office in my house so that I can accommodate my guests to be available when they're available instead of me telling them when I'm available. So the first person I, that wanted to be on my show, um, and I, I told all, all the people, look, I live upstate now. We do this via the telephone. It's uh, taped at the radio station. I contacted a friend, my friend Eric Stoltz, who mm-hmm. you know is an actor, writer, producer, director. Um, he got his start on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was in The Mask. He was in Pulp Fiction. He's done so many movies and TV shows I couldn't even count. Mm-hmm. And I told him, okay, I'm happy you want to do my show. We do it over the phone. He goes, no, we're not. I said, what do you mean? He goes... I, I live in Manhattan. How far away are you? I said, I'm about an hour and 45 northwest. He says, I'm going to come up. Wow. So that was wonderful for me because he drove up. We went to lunch. I brought him to the uh, radio studio, um, introduced him to everybody. And that was a feather in my cap because it's one thing to tell people beforehand, the people at the station, oh, I have contact with well-known actors and people in the business. It's another thing to introduce them in, per- in, in person. Right. So, right. Eric gave me a, the. Normally, my show is in part, two parts a 25 minute segment of one person, then we break for commercials, and then another 25 minute segment of somebody else. Mm-hmm. But since he drove up, I gave him the full hour for the show. And we got into a lot because um, he's the one that got me on the show, Madam Secretary. Mm-hmm. And I'll briefly tell you that story because it's kind of interesting. Right. Uh, he came on that show on the second season and Pei Leone played the Secretary of State and he noticed that all the background were in their 20s. And he, he knew that somebody who had been in politics for 20 years or so to become Secretary of State would have some mature people who moved up the ranks with her. So he put out a casting call he said he, he said he had about a thousand people respond, and he picked four people. He picked me and uh, three women actors to fill out the background uh, number of 25. And so I became a member of Madam Secretary, and I, I told him a story that he'd never witnessed before about having my own desk. There was one main mm. hallway in Madam Secretary. I'll, I'll be brief about this, but sure. there's one main hallway in Madam Secretary where a lot of action takes place because she walks walking from the conference room to her office, from her office to the uh, big library. And it's, it's great to have your own desk because you're seen on camera, you're interacting with her and the other principals versus the other background that are just walking around pretending to hand out files and stuff like that. Well, when they brought us to set, the second second, which is the, the part of the director's guild that handles background, said, okay, uh, I have three openings, and he gave three desks to the, to the women that were brought on with me, and mm-hmm. I didn't have a desk, which was disappointing, but I said, oh, well, I'm happy to be on the show. We worked one day. The next day, everybody's brought back to the main hallway, he says, all right, hold on, everybody. And there was a woman sitting down at a desk at the end of the hallway, which would be very well seen because it, it, it's always part of her entrance or exit. Mm-hmm. And he had the woman get up and said, I need to put somebody else there. 
He goes, is there a hooper here? <laughs> now I'm in the back of the crowd figuring that I don't have a desk. I don't, I, I don't have to be in the front of the group. And he goes, is there a hooper? And like Moses parting the Red Sea, I go through the 24 background in front of me. I go, do you mean Hudson Cooper? He goes, yeah, that's your name. That's your desk. <laughs> Not only did I take it to the desk that day, I sat there for five seasons. Wow, wow. And uh, so you did, yes, you did a lot of work on Madam Secretary. And, and interestingly, uh, I live on Long Island, and one day, um, I, well, I was working in Manhattan at that time, and I came home at night, and uh, I'm walking up my street, and the whole street is lit up. And I'm like, and, and then somebody stops and says, well, you can't go past here. And I said, well, yes, I can because I live here. But what's going on? And it was actually in the, the house at the corner of the block. You were shooting an episode of Madam Secretary. <laughs> so yep. it was, a, yep. So and a, and a lot of uh, scenes around the, the area here. Um, and, and, and what's and, funny when we do that, people don't understand how many trucks are involved with production. Every department right. has its own truck. So it's like a caravan of 10 or 12 trucks show up and take over the whole neighborhood. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and uh, unfortunately, people can't see it on, on, on my radio podcast, but uh, you showed me a great picture of uh, the whole crew of Madam Secretary and how many people it takes to put together a show, which I thought was a really interesting uh, shot. And, 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 yeah, they, and they, most productions at the end of the season on the last episode take a group photo. And, and uh, that one was special because... It was an episode with actual former secretaries of state, Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, and Colin Powell were in an episode with us. Because wow. what, happens, what happens in real life is that when the new secretary of state takes over, they contact former ones and invite them to have a conference just to go over how things are done. And um, it was, a, it was a thrill to meet Colin Powell and Madeleine Albright and Hillary, Hillary Clinton, heavy security, and they're in the middle of the picture standing next to Tay Leone, which is great. Wow. <laughs> and and you're, you, I can spot you in there now. Is that, um, is that shot, I, I thought I saw it perhaps on social media, do you have it on one of your sites? I'm not sure. But, I don't. Uh, I I don't know if it was in my. It might have been in the the actor reel that I did for the okay. library. I'm not certain. Okay. Well, we'll look for that, and I'll let people know. Sure. Okay. Um, well, we have a few more minutes before the break. I just want to. So there are a couple of other iconic shows. You did a lot of work in Law and Order too. So I just want to talk a little bit about that, and we'll probably take that to the break, and but then we'll we'll continue afterward. But so tell us a little bit about your Law and Order experience. I know you uh, worked with uh, Catherine Irby, right, on that show a lot. You had her on, yeah, on your was, show. I worked with Vincent D'Onofrio and Catherine Irby and. Uh, Courtney Vance, um, and uh, I not only appeared in every episode of the show, but I had a speaking part for about eight seasons, and um, that's a whole different world. I mean, uh, I, I did episodes with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Kate. When they left, I did episodes, Chris North took over, and, and he, his desk was right next to me, so I got to interact with him. When he left... Jeff Goldblum took over as the lead male detective, and eventually Vincent and Kate came back. And um, it was a thrill working with them because they became friends of mine, and Vincent really made sure that I had 
speaking parts in camera time, and I really appreciate it. When he came back for the final eight, there was a brand new producer, and we're on location, and Vince said, come with me. So he introduces me to Chris Brancato, the new producer mm -hmm. of the show, mm -hmm. and said, please make sure Hudson has a few more episodes where he, he, he has speaking parts. And mm -hmm. that happened. So it was a wonderful experience. And again, um, to be a member of a core, core member of a show is like you become part of a family. Right. So when you do 10 years on, on a show, You've been with these people through thick and thin, personal problems, personal achievements, and the last day is very sad because mm -hmm. you know it's, it's going to be breaking apart. You'll see each other sometimes, but never as a collective group. And right. there's a real void that's created when the show wraps for good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, well, you had one interesting transition. So we're talking about law and order, but then when you were in Madam Secretary, and one of the things um, that uh, fortuitously happened there was that they they worked the show into Madam President. So um, right, what happened was what happened was we were supposed to be done, and um, the, the the word is that uh, the network had a content that for the for the audience to write in. Of all the shows that were canceled, which one they'd like to see back? Apparently, right. Madam Secretary got the majority of the votes. They contacted Tay Leone and Tim Daly. They agreed to come back. And so we came back for the final season where she was running for president and eventually gets elected president. And again, Eric Stoltz, of the 25 people that worked on the first five seasons of Madam Secretary, he selected five or six of us to go with her to the White House, and luckily, luckily, I was one of them. We were right, on the so campaign bus. We yeah, did, hold on uh, one second. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop you with the campaign bus because we need to take another break. But we'll pick you up on the bus right after on the other side of the break. So don't go away, folks. Great. We have one great more segment with Hudson Cooper. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. 
She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with the writer and host of the Show Buzz radio show, Hudson Cooper. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, a little bit about, you know, how poignant it can be when a, when a, a longtime series that you're involved in um, wraps, uh, which was the case with Madam Secretary. But uh, Hudson fortuitously got involved with a transitional show, which became Madam President. Um, so... Uh, we were just talking about how that happened, and I just want to pick up there, Hudson, with the end of that story. Well, it was kind of cool because uh, f- five of us were brought from Madam Secretary to be around Taylor Leone when she was running for president. Mm-hmm. We were on the campaign bus, and all over New York State, they recreated typical campaign stops, whether it's you know, a July 4th presentation, uh, a uh, pie-eating contest, that the type of things candidates would do, we recreated at different venues, including Glen Cove at the mansion. Mm. We did something there. Wow. So when that wrapped, I figured, okay, now now what do I do? And I moved upstate at the time, and I get a phone call from the casting agency saying that, are you available to work on a show called Bull? Mm. And I thought about it. I said, you know, I've transitioned to upstate. I'm I'm really... Not not going to be available. Thank you anyway. Well, the next day they call me back and say, you were you were requested by Eric Stoltz. He's producing the show Bull. Mm. I said, I'll take it. Okay. So I moved, I moved back to Manhattan, and I worked the episode of Bull. And the interesting thing about that, it was during the pandemic. Right. And they wrote in the pandemic in the script so that mm. we all wore masks. We... Um, uh, the, the, the whole way that it was filmed was totally different. You were never next to anybody. When they broke for lunch, it used to be a communal lunch on picnic tables. Lunch was ordered the night before. You'd order lunch, and it would be brought to a little table that was your own. Mm-hmm. And we were tested three times a week, um, and we set the standard that other shows followed, so they started filming also. Wow. Yeah, I think people wondered about that because things, you know, did go forward. But how did how did you do it? So, with with care, I think is the word. With care, yeah, yeah. So listen, I, I there's still a lot more to talk about. I, I wanted to just ask you about one more clip that I heard of yours, which involved your working with uh, director Sidney Lumet. So um, tell me, tell us that story. It's a good Manhattan story. Oh, this is story. pretty pretty cool. It was uh, I played Sharon Stone's cab driver in the remake of the movie Gloria. Uh-huh. I did like ten different days throughout the film with her, and one of the scenes was I have her and the her, the boy little boy who's also I forget his name but he was principal in the movie, 
in the back of the cab, and I'm driving up Broadway, and there are cameras on the roofs, rooftops and on the sidewalks. And uh, I'm driving in live traffic, I mean, which is often, doesn't often happen. Normally you have stunt cars around you, but he wanted it in live traffic. So we did one take, and they said cut, and they had me drive back to one, meaning where I started. And next thing I know, Sidney Lumet and the first AD and a bunch of production assistants are walking over to the cab, and he said, what's your name? I said, I'm Hudson Cooper. He goes, listen, Hudson, you're in live traffic. I don't know when you're passing, I think it was 152nd Street. Mm -hmm. Give him a walkie-talkie. So they gave me a walkie-talkie. I said, he said, when you pass 152nd Street, I want you to call action. And all the background will start walking and the picture cars that are there are gonna start driving. So I, I, I drove back to one. I said, this is gonna be pretty cool. And I drive up Broadway and I pass 152nd Street and I'm looking up ahead and I see all the actors in the background, people standing around waiting for somebody to say action, and the picture cars are not moving. I pass 152nd Street and I go, and action. And everybody moved and started acting like they were really on the streets. And I got to call action on the Sydney Lumet project, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, um, folks, there there are lots more stories, um, and, and our, our next um, project will be getting this as a podcast so people can listen to it all across the country. So, right now, you you can listen to it on Saturday mornings. Uh, uh, he's got a, a show every Saturday morning uh, at ten o'clock, um, and uh, by going to the Radio Bold app. Uh, and and going to the Catskill News Talk icon and clicking on that, and you can hear the show every Saturday. So uh, at ten a.m. Eastern in the east, in and the anywhere east, around the country. Right, right. So, um, so I want to just you know take a step back a little bit and just talk about just your experience overall. I mean, one thing that's been clear to me, you know, since we first met, you know, over fifty years ago on our high school newspaper, is that. Um, you you really saw human life, but in in a unique way. And I think that being able to you know see humor and wit, uh, and, and you know tragedy in life was uh, something that um, w really uh, uh, is important. Um, and uh, you know it started early with you, uh, but it's never been easy. And I think a lot of it involved. I, I know you've always told me that originally you were the science guy. But even when you're in science, you have to experiment a lot, and there's a lot of failure. And so, you know, it it seemed that you know you you took a lot of risks, and uh, you know, starting uh, with that being a stand-up comic. I mean, that was not that to me is is the high wire act that really uh, sets you up for a lot of uh, a, a lot of things in life. So. Um, and and well, unlike TV and film, you get an immediate response. Either you're a bomb or you're a success. I mean, there's no no middle ground. Yeah, absolutely. But but you get up again, and and it, it requires you to really, again, I think sort of like see how people respond and be able to um, shift gears quickly on things. So and, and be open to things that um, you know you don't you wouldn't think about. You know, you can't plan them, but you need to react to them. And I think that's something, you know, I've always noticed about you. You were always open and curious and willing to take risks. And basically, <laughs> you were doing stand-up every day in every part of your life. So, um, 
Um, so anyway, so so let me just ask you this: um, um, What's next? I mean, this is not. Uh, I'm sure you're going to have uh, you know a, a few more chapters. So, are there things that you're working on now? There are. The, what I'm working on now is I wrote a, a two-act comedy about 25 years ago that was very funny. I lived in the village, and there was a woman that lived on the, my floor who was a, an angel for Broadway shows. In other words, she would uh, be put the money up to produce, and her friends would put the money up to produce Broadway shows. And I wrote this two-act comedy called Ways and Means, hmm. uh, and I asked her to read it, and she read it, and she, we had breakfast the next day, and she said, this is Neil Simon-esque and needs to be on Broadway. Let hmm. me see what I could do. Well, I thought I thought the gates had opened up for me. Two days later, unfortunately, he passed away. Wow. So I put that away, and I took it out about three weeks ago, and I'm doing a rewrite to make it more up-to-date, and I'm going to hopefully have it produced up here at the local theater. Um, and it's very funny. It's It's about... An older brother who has a magazine that's going under, and a younger brother who's a whiz kid accountant who comes up with a way to raise money, and it deals with their parents, and it's very funny, very timely, and I'm excited about it. That's the next thing I'm going to be working on, besides keeping writing random thoughts and keeping doing show buzz. Um, I'm going to test my chops as a playwright. There you go. There you go. And I know that you've also, you've taken a little bit of stab. I know you were working uh, uh, on a, a show um, called Mac, the prototype for, a, you know, another kind of a cops show, but a, but a different right. twist that was to a, it. I still have that pitching around. That's, that's a uh, episodic TV show, a different type of cop show. Uh, it's about an older cop named Mac who's teamed with a younger detective, and uh, they solve not major crimes, but crimes that affect people. And instead of incarcerating people, they put the perpetrators in a much better spot. Hmm. Giving them a home if they're homeless, uh, making them part of uh, enriching society around them. So yeah. that's still being pitched around. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I think that that's, I think people looking for, um, yeah, I think that you once described it to me as a, a cop show for the family, uh, uh, ripped like exactly r- ripped from the headlines, but more like page nine than page one. <laughs> so, right, no rape, no kidnapping, no murder, but and like I said, like you said, not front page material, but it's something you find in the middle section. Right, right. Um, so I, I give me, a, I gave you some of my observations about your career. What, what, what are some of the things you think, feel you've learned, you know, over the course of your your life? That some of the things that well, expected if you, some if you want to go, if you if you want to do something, regardless of how old you are, I, I think you really have to be proactive. Whether you, mm-hmm. you know, what I did to get my radio, my column in the newspaper, you know, I'm the one who sought out the publisher and gave him the samples. Um, the, the, you know, when the radio show uh, contacted me, I'm the one who was able to parlay a Thursday morning 10-minute phone call into co-hosting and eventually being have my own show, Show Buzz. Right. Um, I don't think you're ever too old to take risks, take chances, and keep moving forward. Right. As we say, 45 forward. <laughs> but exactly. 45, 55, 65 forward. You, you and I are both, you know... In our early seventies, and I think that that's the that's the lesson is that you can remain active all the way through life, 
And I'll be honest, I a lot of this talk about, you know, old old politicians, you know, never mind who they are in particular. But I think it's important to basically say, you're first of all, you're you're not old; you're older. Number one, um, and it's it's not about the age; it's about what you're doing at any age. And uh, and and you know, anyone who's listening to this show um, knows that there are uh, lots of people in the shows that are, are reinventing themselves every every um, aspect, every era of their life. And I think that's important that you, because that's what keeps you vital. That's what keeps you living longer and healthier and active. And it gives you a sense of purpose, you know, and you, there's Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is a lot of wisdom to it. You learn a lot, you know, and, and you don't think about it. But, you know, the lessons you learned at the very beginning of your career, it's all of a sudden they kind of show up and like, oh, I didn't expect I'd be learning something and reusing it or, or putting it to use, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later. But it, it, it does happen. So I'm really glad that we had this conversation and that we've had this friendship for such a long time. So it's really. Oh, my God rewarding to me so well there's always much more to talk about with you um, agent cooper but uh we'll have to leave it there for today and invite you back for another time but i want people to know folks um tell your friends if they missed my conversation with hudson today they can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com to search for my show 45 forward you can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Heart Radio, or go to my website, robotresources.com, click on the 45 Forward tab. And as I mentioned before, you can not only listen to the show or tell your friends to listen to the show, but you can go to my blog and you can see a, uh, a sampling of, of Hudson's uh, a Random Thoughts column. Um, so, Hudson, if people want to get in touch with you, um, is there a contact uh, or uh, you want to contact you on social media? What's the best way for people to reach you if they have questions? Well, they can, look wanna... me up, they can look me up on Facebook, um, but I'll I be frank with you. I don't, I don't accept everybody unless there's some reason. In other words, if you're going to contact me and you want to be on my Facebook friends list, you have to put in your Facebook approach how you met me. Right. Either from right. the show or whatever, because I, I don't accept everybody. Right. I, understandable and, and perfectly reasonable. So, um, and, uh, and folks, if, if you have uh, questions or comments from me, I always love hearing from my audience. So you can contact me at ron.roel, R-O-E-L, at gmail.com. Love, love hearing thoughts from my listeners. So, folks, uh, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking with Rick Gamache. He's the CEO of Aldersbridge Communities in Rhode Island. We'll talk about his extraordinary support of, of, a of his nonprofit organization to provide older residents living environments and the level of care that best suits their individual needs, whatever they are. So until then, folks, keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week.